Hey everyone, Bob WP here, and it's Do The Woo episode 113. Now, if you sell products and services and you're looking at WooCommerce developers and agencies to be your fan, well, this show's for you, and trust me, there's a right way and a wrong way. I've asked Jody from Web Dev Studios and Michael from Batu to join this discussion. They both play different roles at the agencies they work for, and they bring a lot of great tips and insights into some of the better ways to build those relationships. But before I dive into this, I'd just like to give a quick shout out to one of my pod friends, Woo Funnels. Now, if you want to help your clients create optimized sales funnels using WooCommerce, they've got you covered. Woo Funnels gives you all the tools you need to create high converting funnels using WooCommerce. And... Their CRM lets you create broadcasts and automated workflows with unlimited contacts. So you might want to check that out at buildwoofunnels.com. Well, without further ado, let's jump right into the conversation. We are back with another builder event, and this is going to be a fun one because if any builders have not had this situation, then I I figure you really haven't had any customers before, especially in the developer agency space. I have two guests with me that are going to bring much deeper thoughts than I would ever bring to this show because they experienced this firsthand. Michael and Jody, welcome you both to the event. Thank you. Sure, thank you. Now, before we get into this, you know, some people may know you, some people may not. Why don't you just give us a little background of what you do, and then uh, and then we'll dive right into it. Sure, Michael. Do you want to go first? Go ahead. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, I'm Michael. I'm a WordPress developer specializing in WooCommerce at UK-based agency Vatu. All right, and Jody. Yeah. So uh, my name is Jody. Well. It, I, this is a very interesting thing. I'm in the midst of a name change. It was Jody Riccelli. It's changing to Jody Fiorenza. I have both there. Um, I'm the director of business development at Web Dev Studios, which is a WordPress design and development agency. Okay, cool. Well, what we're going to be talking about is this, and I'm just going to set the scenario. You built this new WooCommerce product and service, and you know, you're trying to get customers, and you're doing it your own way, however you're getting customers, but you have this driving desire to get developers and agencies using it. Mm-hmm. And it's not really as simple as that. I mean, probably most of them are thinking that. And what I've experienced, uh, and not even from that side, and I know what both Michael and Jody has experienced, is that it, maybe you're not quite doing it in an orderly fashion. Let me put it nicely that way. And what I mean is that you you – yeah, sure. You want to get it out to these people. You want developers to recommend it to their clients when needed and stuff. But And you may start sending out emails. Whatever you do, there is a process to it. And there's probably some really good guidance here from both of both Michael and Jody, because they kind of come from a different, I mean, Michael's a developer. He probably deals with it in one way. And then Jody actually business development, everybody thinks Jody is business development. I mean, that's like, a label that gravitates you towards this is a person to set up that demo with that I want yep. to show them that plugin. So, so with that said, let's just talk a little bit about um, what you think is when somebody's starting to think through that process. What is the first thing they really need to start? You know, what's what's square one to start with? You know, what is the the first step to really make that first approach? And that first approach may be far down step number four, five, six or whatever. Um, let's let's start with you, Jody. Yeah, so I get it, right? You spend all of this time and this energy building this amazing product. You're really excited. You just want to get it out there. You see names that might be interested. You start reaching out to them. I appreciate and truly understand the work that goes into building a product, and I get that excitement. I do. But to your point, we get inundated on a daily basis with tons of people that have 
new products or ideas or projects that want to talk to us. And it would truly be impossible for me to fully engage in every one of those conversations and still do my job. So um, there is a bit of a vetting process when people are reaching out to me that I go through uh, to make a decision whether or not I want to have a conversation with them. First of all, I truly believe in taking the time to research the agency and the people that you're reaching out to. So just understanding if you're going to reach out to Web Dev Studios in my uh, specific situation, understand the kinds of companies that we work with and whether or not your product would make sense for our clients. That's just basic number one. Number two, it's understanding, well, do you reach out to me? I know that business development sounds like the person that you want to reach out to, but a little secret, I'm not going to vet your plugin. <laughs> I'm not an engineer. Our director of engineering is going to be the one who looks at the code, who looks at the plugin, who makes a decision whether or not it's something that we want to work with. Now, I'm a gatekeeper for him in many ways, admittedly. So if you're going to reach out to me, I appreciate when somebody takes the time to you know, look me up on LinkedIn, uses my name, spells Web Dev Studios correctly, spells WordPress correctly. Like These are the things that I'm looking at. Did they take the time and, and make a serious effort to reach out? That's just step one. Number two, um, I'm okay with somebody reaching out to me more than one time if it's like good content. But what I don't love are guilt emails. Like I've reached out to you three times in the last week and haven't heard back. I'm not going to answer then. You, you know, I get many emails throughout the day. People hit me up on social media every day. I'm always like kind of like funneling through conversations. But if you send me an email and say, hey, I see that this organization in Philadelphia is raising money for dogs. I thought you might be interested in that. You better believe that's going to get my attention because I love animals very much and I live in Philadelphia. So those two things are going to really get me, um, you know, capture my attention and make me want to engage with that person a little bit more. So do your research, understand who you're reaching out to, the agency that you're reaching out to, and be thoughtful in your first communication. That to me is just like the basics. Michael, you have, I mean, you you probably can reiterate a lot of what she said, but also as a, you know, a developer, it's like they're, you know, maybe they're sneaking in sideways and thinking, oh, you know, the marketing person or the business development person might not be the right person. And maybe the dev- you know, Michael, he's a developer. He can relate to me. But, you know, how do you, how does it, you know, can you kind of take the same approach that Jody took from your perspective? I completely echo that. I think from the developer's perspective is I probably am the better person to talk to mm-hmm. because I get an account manager. Oh, we need this feature. Which plugin do you recommend? And then that's my decision. I go, well, I've worked with this one before. I recommend X plugin to do this or don't use that plugin. That plugin was difficult on a previous project. So I probably am the better person to talk to than the business development manager. But on the other hand, I can spot an automated repetitive email because I write them. You know, we, as part of development, we build that facility so somebody can email out one email and just swap the name around. So I can spot it a mile away. So it echoes Jody's sentiments. Is yes, look, research me, find out something. If you, you know, you start the, start the email with, oh, the Albion have done well today, or the, you know, talk about dogs. I've got a dog. Let's talk about dogs, or you know, favorite rugby team, or things like that. You instantly break down that barrier. You disarm me from going, oh no, not another email, delete, or not even open it. I think that's it. So it's got to be the person personalization of that email and not just the generic, I've sent this out to a hundred different people. Mm-hmm. You know, I want that person thinking, and then that's going to make me talk to you. If I see one that says, dear, insert name here, I'm not going to give you two seconds of the day because it's not worth my time. You may have the most amazing plugin in the world, but you've not sold it to me. I need to be sold on, we're personable, we're responsive, we take, took the time to research you. That what makes me well. If you take that much time to email me, you must take even more time on the product that you love, that's amazing, that's wonderful, to give you that type of thing. That that then gives me the perception of you as being a lot better than it would be if it's just a generic email that we get sent out all the time. You know, there's going to be somewhere along there that this person feels that you need to see a demo, 
you know, let's sit down and I want to walk you through this. And again, you're, you're coming from two different perspectives here too, because, you know, Jody, as business development, you might look at a demo a lot differently than Michael as a developer. Yep. You know, is is that what what how should they prep? I mean, should they should that even be in their train of thought or should that be something that they should hope that you would request that if you felt it was necessary for, because it's time for everybody. I mean, it's time for you, it's time for them, but you know, that's a, a block of time and sure it'll help you understand it a bit more, but how, how should they not only approach you on a demo, but how should they actually, pre- you know, prepare themselves for the demo then, you know, to make it efficient for you and, and not be just a big sales pitch. Mm-hmm. I think to your point, what Michael wants to see on a demo is very different than what I want to see on a demo. I'm interested in seeing like, how is this going to benefit the client? How would I explain this to the client? What problem is it solving? Whereas, Michael, I don't want to speak for you, but engineers (laughs) in general would probably want to dig into the specifics of the tech a little bit more too. Um, That, I mean, while that's important to me, it's not going to be on that initial demo. I want to know what, what problem is it solving? How will this benefit my client? And is it easy? And quite honestly, uh, for me personally, watching a demo or going through a demo with somebody is probably going to be a better use in the, of my time than sending my materials to read. Um, I don't have a lot of time to sit down and like maybe funnel through a website or funnel through documentation. So if you curate a demo that answers the questions that I need answers to, that's gonna be a very efficient use of our time. And I've had people be very creative, uh, you know, send a gift certificate for Grubhub or something to me and say, let's have lunch, you know, get lunch on me and I'm going to walk you through the demo. That's a really nice gesture. I'm not saying I need those things, but to, to feel that that time is important enough and to respect that time is really nice to know. And that um, I'm probably going to be more engaged in that conversation just because you did a little extra thinking about how to make this a good use of my time. Yeah, I think that as well. I do want to see some of those things, but as Jody said, I look at it completely different. I'd actually work better with a developer doing the demo because I'm going to have the questions of how does it work technically? Does it work with this other plugin? Have you got the right hooks available to do modifications that we need to meet our, our brief? So it's a, almost, a, I'd like to talk to the developer and I've had the best conversations when I've spoken to plugin developers because I've been able to ask the question. It's not, you know, I don't expect salespeople to know the answers, but, oh, I just need to go and ask somebody about that. So I've spent 15, 20 minutes going through your demo that you can't answer the question that I need to know. Whereas if you invite one of the developers on, that would be better for me because can, we can geek out, we can talk, talk the talk and have that conversation with them. And then that means, oh, actually, I've got that person you know, as a contact that I can reach out to if I have any other questions. And again, it saves me time, which then saves everybody time and yeah. makes me buy into that process. And I, I love that I invited the two of you because this is really pointing out that it's there's no blanket way of doing this because a developer, you're going to approach a developer, you're going to approach them in, a, you know, different ways and you've got to, put that hat on. If you're a marketer for that product and you're approaching developer, it might be better to have one of your developers even to approach the developer because they can talk the talk. And same with you, Jody. It's it's different. You know, the, you don't you don't need to hear all the code specifics. You don't need to be buried in that. And yeah, so it's it's yeah, that's very um um interesting. So I'm gonna throw out another thing, and this is something that and and for those of you that are watching, you know, please ask them, you know, post a post a comment or a question and uh yeah, we'll we'll get it up on the screen, a question and uh have them answer it. Partnerships. Now, this is a, a, a something that really sticks in my craw, and I'm gonna be completely honest because it's a word that's thrown around very loosely. It's, you know, it's just one of those terms because, you know, I, I, I'm a kind of an old school person where I thought partnerships were a lot different till I got in the online space and they're, they're throwing out randomly. You know, if somebody sends you that first email and it opens up with, I would like to do a partnership with you. 
And then it leads into telling them everything you want them to do for you. And I'm I'm just going to take out, you know, these are examples that we've both seen. Mm-hmm. Again, from both of your perspectives, you know, and, and, and Michael, I'm not sure, you know, if you kind of pass it on to somebody that, you know, yeah, yeah, to talk in partnership or how do you kind of weed that out? Because you might want to say, I'm not really sure what you mean by a partnership here. Or, you know, a partnership is two-way and a partnership is a lot more than me just grabbing your plug-in and recommending it. Can you touch on that a little bit, just your thoughts? Because it's something that yeah, kind of drives me nuts. And I'll, I'll let Michael go first on this one. The obvious one is what's in it for me? We're all selfish. We always think, well, most of the time we think of ourselves first. If I'm in partnership with somebody, well, what's in it for me? You know, am I going to be doing all this work? getting you sales and then you just go thank you and that's it you know you want some benefits from this whether it's more of a an advocate than a partnership may even be better you know slip me a free license because then i can look at the product i can try it i'll be a lot better position to say what i think of it and to show it to other people whereas sometimes it's oh here's our plugin we want you to recommend it but i've never used it i'm not going to put my name that i've worked really hard put in a position of trust on something random, I need to be invested in that. And I think it's also as well as from a developer's point of view is, are you coming to me as a developer? Are you coming to me as somebody that works for an agency? You know, whose name do you want really? Are you looking at, you know, do you want to use Vatu? Oh, Vatu are a great agency. I would love them to. Or do you want me as a developer to speak for you, to come on podcasts like this and talk about you, but not be from your company? So I think it's that you've got to look at it that way again to see what the benefits are for both people. Because if if it's all one sided, it's not a good deal for either way. You know, it shouldn't be the same. Oh, we'll give you ninety nine percent of all our profits. Well, that's not a good deal for you. So I wouldn't expect that. And Jody, it's interesting because when you think about it, that's what you do. You create partnerships at Web Dev Studios. So it's it, it might be a nice. They think it's a great buzzword to get in. You know, get you. A, get your attention Mm -hmm. and maybe it isn't necessarily, you know, you're going to look at it a lot more strategically. So when somebody starts talking partnerships, how do you, um, you know, respond to that? Yeah. So for me, I need to understand why are you different? Why are you unique than any other tool that we've previously used? What makes you special? I need to really comprehend that. Right. Number one. Number two, I agree with both of you. Partnership is a word that's thrown around that has just kind of lost its meaning. The reality is, is that you want me to singularly recommend you to our clients. That's what you want from the partnership, right? But that doesn't mean it's in the best interest of my clients. So I am always going to take a step back and think of them first. If it is a good tool, guess what? I'm going to use it with or without your partnership. Um, But if you want to be closer to us as a company, it's about making, I think, things easy. One, we're going to vet your plugin and it's going to be thoroughly vetted. So make that process really easy for the engineers Two, provide really thorough documentation so that there's no question as to what you do and what you can do and how we can get things done. Three, we want to see that you are investing the time to make sure that this plugin stays updated and that um, things are, are done correctly and that you know, you're following all of the principles that we would as a company, that our values kind of align when it comes to coding and creation. We want to know that too. Um, we also want to know, you know, seeing examples of how things are being used, that's really important to us uh, as well. We want to see this kind of like already out in the space working and working accurately and And uh, so making those things easy for us to find or providing us with that information is is going to be really key. But I don't I mean, partnerships are great and they certainly have their value if they're done correctly. But that's not important to me. I want to know whatever you're bringing to the table is going to benefit us and our clients. That to me is the most important thing. Um, So I don't I guess my point is don't jump for the partnership. Jump for demonstrating the value in what you're able to bring to the table. And the partnership will come if it's meant to, and it will happen organically. But don't make that the goal. Yeah. Can I actually, I'm going to transcribe what you just said and put it in an email. 
And then that way, whenever somebody sends me about a partnership, I'm just going to say, as Jody, the expert says, let me explain this. And then just in your quote and leave it at that and send them the email. I, that's very rude. I shouldn't say that. But that that was that was exactly spot on. Both of you. Um, it, it totally makes sense. So and, and again, this is at a different level um, with both of you because of, you know, especially like you said, Michael, I, I like the how you said is somebody coming to you as Michael, the developer or as Michael who works for. And that's, you know, two, two different things. Again, this, and I'm not sure if you see this a lot, but they feel like the big enticement is become an affiliate, become an affiliate to my site. And that's what they push initially because they think that's going to be, like I said, an incentive. And I, I know from my perspective, and I'm not, you know, an agency or anything, but people that approach me often, you know, they, they mix that affiliate and partnership because, and I say, you know, well, an affiliate really is, I'm kind of like a commissioned salesperson for you Mm -hmm. you when you really put it down the nitty gritty and then other things can develop, as you said, Jody, where does that affiliate play into it? And it's got to be interesting because it is as an individual developer, but as an agency, when somebody throws that out first thing, Mm -hmm. Jody, the, it would not be, it benefit anybody if I was completely partial to one thing, one person, one tool, one hosting company, one technology. No one's going to win in that situation. What my job is, is figuring out what are the best tools to use for that client's particular challenge. So cool. We can be an affiliate again at our, you know, at the agency at web dev studios, to me, the goal is, are you going to solve the issue? Whether or not I'm affiliate or not, that's, it's just so secondary to me. Um, what I want to see is what you're building. Is, is it quality? Is it is it something that I would be proud to recommend to clients? Because that's the other risk, right? If I'm recommending you, I am backing you. And therefore, if something goes wrong, I'm the one who's held responsible, not necessarily you. So for me to verbally say, yes, I'm your partner, I'm your affiliate, I trust this, that is a big deal and something that should be earned and not something that should be thrown out as a carrot. Exactly. Now, Michael, you have, you know, it it can be a a small enticement because, yeah, it's nice, especially if you're an individual to make affiliates. I mean, I've made affiliates for 10 years. Mm -hmm. How much, Michael, does that play into... I mean, it's obviously, yeah, you probably would, you know, if if the fit was right. But what does that approach take? You know, how do you take that approach when they throw that out as the first enticement, as as a single individual? It comes back to the fact that who they're talking to. Because if they're talking to me and as a freelance developer, you know, if I'm choosing to use the plugin because it's the best and being an affiliate is brilliant. It gives me an extra what can be what you know, an hour, two hours, three hours worth of money for Mm -hmm. using something I was going to use anyway. And when budgets are tight, as it can be as freelancers, the yes, that's important. But me as a working for an agency, well, first of all, if I'm taking that, is that bribery? You know, am I being bribed to use it because I'm then recommending my company do something? And as Jody said, the company reputation's on the line, the client's Mm -hmm. coming back to us. But that's all on me because I've made, you know, $30. I don't I don't feel like that personally is justification because it's yes I've made $30 but I've also put a whole heap of hassle on the company and on myself and also who gets that affiliation because we as an agency tend to let our customers purchase any third party plugins mm-hmm. so they retain the license they retain it if they move away from us or if we need something else. They retain that. So we don't charge them. So they don't pay any extra. You know, we don't put our markup on top of them. So who gets that? If the client gets it, brilliant. If we recommend the client get plugin X, put this code in, you'll get $30 back or, you know, something like that. That's fine. But then why, who gets it? It's a whole heap of almost uncomfortableness. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. That makes you said, sense. Oh, 
Yeah, Michael, you said something else earlier about, you know, give us a license, right? That's actually a huge deal because we need to vet these plugins. The engineers need to work and use them. That is like step one. Give us a, a license or a sandbox or something that we can get in there and, and play with this. And also we do the same thing. Our clients purchase the plugins because we want the license to be in their name. That's really important too. So, you know, we're always, it's going to be them ultimately that we want to reap the benefits. That brings me to the point. If you give me the give me the code, I can look at it. I can try it. And also, you trusting me, so I'll take that trust that I won't go and install it on fifty different sites. Which brings back to the reason why we get our clients to buy them. So you get the money each and every time we use it. You get a single license bought, not a developer's license that we use on hundred sites, but you only get charged once. We're helping you out at the same time by getting them to buy individual licenses. And also, just to add to the fact of giving us the code, if we find issues, or I find issues, and I fix them, I send you them back. You know, it's the thing, with, especially with free plugins, if you make your source code available, I'll spot something, I'll write a book report, I'll fix the code and send it you back. Because if I'm using the plugin, it helps me. Just being a good Samaritan in the whole ecosystem of giving back, you know, it gives you another benefit that you may not have known. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm going to pull up a, a question here, kind of a comment and a question for you from Elliot. Um, it sounds like the loan developer has a lot of work to start with, right? Or can you gamble a partnership and share resources to build something together in the partnership, perhaps? In anything you want to comment on that? I think it sounds like a lot of work, but it doesn't necessarily have to be a lot of work. It can just be, you know, you get to know somebody like I know who Elliot is. I met Elliot through WordCamp meetups. So he's now built that reputation that I know who this person is. So if he just reaches out to me, oh, do you mind having a look at this plugin? Not a please be a partnership, please be a thing. It's just that introductory or like I've met you a few times. Here is your license. Have a play with it. See, tell me what you think. Not put the pressure on me that you must use it on your customer's site, but let's get together and what do you think of it? And I can give you honest feedback and hopefully that would benefit you. And then we may find out, actually, that's a good fit for a project I've got three months, two years, 10 years down the line. But that little bit of reach out, it doesn't have to be a lot, could then grow into something bigger. I think that's an interesting point, too, because uh, who I am at a WordCamp is very different than the person I am when I'm behind my laptop answering emails for work. It just is. I mean, if I'm going to the community to get help and resources is a bit different than reaching out to an agency for a partnership. And there, I think there's a little bit of a, a, di- a difference there. Um, if I'm in a, a WordPress Slack channel and you come and ask a question, I, I'm going to take the time because that's what the community behind WordPress is, is um, such a huge part of what we do, all of us in creating products as agencies. And I respect the community working together to help one another, one another out so much. But it, on my day-to-day, uh, you know, if I get 50 emails a day and I have six Zoom calls, it's really hard for me to kind of like take a moment to utilize that time to do what I would do in my off time. Um, so there is a bit of a difference there. How you approach Jody, the WordPress community member, and how you approach me as doing business development for Web Dev Studios. That's a good point because... You, you think about it uh, with, especially like you said, it when we're back to doing you know in real life events, that that often is. I mean, everybody's busy. I know at events and stuff, but that really is the opportune time to make such a uh, such a better personalized connection with someone. Mm-hmm. And I, I think yeah, all of us can attest to that. And you you both just did that. That just makes a huge difference. And, and, and I think it's that personalization and also you get a feel of the person more Mm -hmm. there's a bit more casualness about it. One of the things I had thought about, and this is maybe a little, maybe there absolutely has, there is no difference, but if somebody comes to you with a, you know, plugin or extension, they want you to try it. Is your mindset a lot different on how you approach it? If they come with you with a more, elaborate service or SaaS product that 
you know, involves a lot more. It's just, it's not this plugin that does one thing, but hey, we've got this product that does all these things. Is there, do you, do you evaluate that differently or is it pretty much the same across the board? It's just kind of going through that, researching it, telling, you know, why we should be actually looking at this. One of the first things I'd look at is the complexity of setting it up to testing it. If it is a SaaS thing that does 30 different things, am I going to have the time to go through each one individually and check that out? And how easy is it to set up on a testing site? Or does it need you know, to be integrated into a live site that has you know payments coming through every 10 minutes or things like that? How complicated is it to set up and test? I also think it depends on what is um, being focused on in the moment. I don't know if you all notice this, but sometimes things come in waves. All of a sudden, we'll get like a bunch of clients that want uh, e-commerce or, you know, the next month, everybody wants an LMS or whatever. And then that's when I start thinking about, well, those are the tools that I need to look at or think about. You know, right now, the conversation within the WordPress space is about headless so anybody that comes to me with a SaaS product or a plugin or an extension that somehow supports that, I'm probably going to be more inclined to look at right now because that's the pulse of the industry at the moment. So there is something to be said for understanding how tech is moving. Um, so if you have something that's within the learning management space or the headless space, yeah, I'm going to see that first for sure because right now that that is what we're talking about a lot with our clients. That's kind of where the industry is kind of is focusing a lot of energies right on, especially because when we went into quarantine and everyone went home, all of these companies started to scramble to figure out how they were going to one, keep in touch with their employees, keep their employees up to speed on training. So LMSs became a thing that we needed to talk about. And obviously headless is just kind of the next generation of what's happening in the enterprise WordPress space. So understanding where tech is right now is a big part of this. So if you could address one of those things, I'm just going to see you first. SaaS plugin, it doesn't matter. But if you were to come to me right now, I'm just kind of making up an example. If you were to come to me right now with like an image compression plugin, it's not really kind of the thing that I need to think about at the moment. <laughs> so I'm probably not going to see that uh, or I'm not going to put much stake in that. So again, understanding, you know, if you go to web devs blog right now, you're going to see that our brilliant team has put together so much content about LMSs, about headless. That's like an indicator. That's what we're focused on right now. Pay attention to that. We're focused on that. So if that's what we're focused on, send me that stuff because I'm going to see that first. Michael, do you kind of look at it? That way, I mean, do you do things jump out at you a little bit more, especially when it's in the moment? Definitely, there are things that, as a, a techie person, you like to be at the the bleeding or the cutting edge of technology. So those buzzwords, you do go, oh, what's that? It's just that little bit that piques your interest because of what's going on at the moment. A lot of stuff you've seen, even about Google and the page speeds. At the moment, that's very hot on most of our clients. Oh, we need a faster page speed because they've now got a new metric that's going to give me the SEO boost that's going to let me sell more. So that, if somebody goes, oh, we can we can save you this time, basically solve this solution for my client, I'm going to be a lot more interested at the moment because that's the solution that they've all got. Or sorry, the solution they all need. And is that a lesson for them to know that I mean, they may send you something and you, even if it's not in the moment, you may say, you know, respond that way. You may say, you know, this is something, you know, maybe like you said, another compression thing. Mm. But but also it should show them to also have patience because that could sit in the back of your head if the moment came up down the road. And instead of sending you, you know, three more follow-ups that say, just you know, kind of don't forget about our compression plugin, image compression plugin. Um, um, you know, are you ready to look at it now? I know you weren't quite back then because, and I don't know if both of you are that way. If you hear something, sometimes that little, you get that little tick in the back of your head and you may go back searching for it later on when, you know, even that one-time touch, if it was done in the right 
kind of way and gave you, you know, a good feeling, but it just wasn't the right fit at the time. Brand awareness. Yep. No, no, no. Somebody once told me that uh, until somebody tells you no, you have every right to keep reaching out. (laughs) So (laughs) I think it's okay to gently nudge people. It's, it's how you do it. Like I said about the guilt emails, I really believe that, that that's not the way. And it's not every week either. It's, it's being very considerate with your cadence and the things that you're saying to stay top of mind with the person. And does it seem like, and I, I think a lot of another lesson they can learn too, is if there is a slight bit of normalcy in the conversation and, and they feel good about it. Okay. They weren't interested at that time to also start mentally thinking, you know, well, maybe, you know, I should see what Jody's talking about on Twitter. Maybe there's some point in time that I can come in and not be, you know, oh yeah, remember this, but just that conversation. And it kind of ends up being that growing that relationship, that partnership, I'm going to call it a relationship where you, you know, you, you're a little bit more reminded of that person and exactly what you were saying, how you give them that little bump down the road may not be directly involved with that or you pushing that again, but it might be in another way that just brings them back to mind and, you know, something that you'll keep in mind for, you know, if it, and if, and when it does happen or when it's needed. Yeah. I mean, like I said, you could go to our blog at any given day and know exactly what we're talking about at web dev studios, because the content will match that. Right. And I think that that is, it's worth reading that information. Um, Certainly look at what they're saying on social media and uh, LinkedIn. Um, you know, it, it's important to understand where an agency or a person is at professionally to make sure that you are reaching out to them at the right time or or how to reach out to them. You know, um, sometimes people will just chat with me on Twitter and they're not talking about anything specifically. And I kind of have engaged in that conversation. It's enjoyable. It's light. It's fun. And then they'll send me an email and I remember their name and I'm like, oh yeah, I talked to them on Twitter. Okay, I'm going to take a look at this. It's it's uh, investing your time wisely to get the return that you're looking for. That's a big part of this. So Michael, is it a complete turnoff for you when somebody talks to you like you're a beginner and they have not, um, they have not done the research to know that Michael is a developer and they just saw your name and maybe you talk about something, but didn't take the time to actually look at your skill level. And they come in and say, Oh, Michael, do you know that, you know, um, have you ever used a page builder before? Have you ever been frustrated with the page builder? I don't particularly like page builders. It's a personal (laughs) preference. They may, they're brilliant for some people and just not for me. So pitching me page builder isn't going to be something I look at. I'm just going to ignore you. Pitch me something that sounds interesting. Again, might not be straight away, but I'll be curious. Uh, you know, if I've got the time, I might reach back out and say, oh, that's interesting and start that discussion. But it's the hard sell that puts you off. It's the, I've got this plugin, please use it. Why? Again, comes back to the conversation. You know, it's not, in fact, if you just reached out to me, ask me, ask me how things are going. Is there any, you know, what, my favorite thing when asking clients is what's your pain points? So when we pitch for work and we sort of, well, we want this. Now, what's your pain point? What can we solve that's going to really help you? And that's what gets our foot in the door as an agency. So it's the same as a plugging set, plugging author is to get your foot in the door with me. Find out what my pain points are. You know, we've doing subscriptions. We've got an issue with this particular area. That's my pain point. If you can solve that or you ask me what it is and then you go, I can't, but I can't or I can do it in our next couple of releases come and talk to me about it quite recently i've spoken to a plugin developer we don't currently use their plugin but we were looking at different options i spoke to them and then we've had a good conversation we jumped on the zoom chat i explained my pain points they're thinking oh we might actually be able to integrate that with our product which then eventually down the line will convert us into users because it does something that we don't have at the moment or is a large investment for us to build on our own but would be brilliant to multiple other people. And I'm going to go back to the partnership thing, just because I I like what you said that partnerships, you know, let them happen Mm -hmm. at some point. 
Now, if somebody is sitting out there and listening to this, whether now or later, and they're thinking, is this something that just will naturally happen that you, I mean, should they feel like if it's meant to be that it will happen and it'll come by, you know, magically osmosis or something, you know, it'll just be like this suddenly there's a connection or is there anything along the way will give them a sign that maybe you're more receptive to that and that you're, you know, there could be a so-called partnership, whatever that partnership is defined as mm-hmm. <laughs> along the way. I guess I'm just saying, thinking some of them might think, well, okay, I, I would love to wait and and see if it plays out and it's a perfect thing to do. But is there some something that's going to tell me that it's starting to move in that direction or is it just something I'm, I should just, you know, hope for. And, and if it happens, it happens. Yeah. I don't know. I, it, uh, I don't think that partnership should ever be the goal. What are you trying to get out of it? You ultimately, when people say partnership, they want us to use their product for clients. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. Right. And while that's great, we're going to do that. If it's a great product, regardless with or without the partnership. Now the benefits to partnership are this one you can co-market and co-brand things with your partner. So if I wanted to create a one sheet on the product, they can do it in such a way that had WDS branding on it. And that would be a really nice thing to be able to offer clients. So co-branding and co-marketing is great. Writing, sharing blog posts. Like if you are going to write a, a blog post about your plugin that we can post on our blog for content and vice versa. That's also kind of a nice symbiotic relationship. Having us listed as a partner on your website and us listing you as a partner on website, also a very nice gesture and something that is great to do. These are all things that we can strive for um, over time as the partnership evolves. But uh, we need to know that you have a really great product that we can use for our clients and that it will benefit our clients in the long run. Um, So that's like step one. Be able to address and answer that and prove why it is something that is worthwhile and will benefit the people that we're working with. Step two, show that you're interested in what we're doing as an agency and that you want to work with us to continue to build in whatever way that that looks like. And step three, continuing education is you make improvements on your plugin, change things on your plugin, making sure that as an agency, we have all that information that we need. So we're never surprised by an update and we can always pass that information off to our clients. So keeping our engineers up to speed, showing us how we can work together for co-marketing and co-branding purposes, and also making sure that it actually addresses a challenge that we're having with our clients. They're very big things that I'm going to be looking for. I can also, do you want to know the one thing that's going to make me be in a partnership with you is me reaching out to you. If I email you, if I try to reach out to you, I've got a vested interest in your product, not the other way around. If we need to find a feature. We will go and look at third-party plugins. We'll reach out to the development team. We'll ask, does it do this? How does this work? These things. If I'm doing that to you, there is a very strong chance, if it does, I'm going to use your product because we vetted it already. We believe in that. That's when you might be want to start it. So make it easy for me to contact you. Sometimes you'll contact a plugin developer and it'll be two weeks before you've got a reply. Well, I can't trust you then because... When something goes wrong, and it always does, it's not a a slight on your plugin, I need to know that I can get in touch with you fairly quickly. So if that's an email, I mean, one of the vendors we use, they are brilliant. They reply within an hour or two. And me as a developer, I know that. So I'm investing in their product. I don't know whether I should name them here, but I'm more than happy to because I've bought into them. now. Every time they've helped us, it's built that relationship. So I do that. So that's how that partnership began was because I reached out, we've got a problem or we've got a question. Does it do this? Mm-hmm. They've gone yes or no. In this case, they went, yes, it does. This is how you do it. I'm instantly bought in. Now I will recommend that plugin to any client that it fits the needs for, because I know they're going to get a response quite quickly. It's a good quality plugin. So that's how that's the partnership starts from my side. It was, I've gone, let's reach out, let's talk. Now, if they would come back at me and said, Oh, would you mind, posting something or giving us a testimonial and bought in because they've earned that right not god can you send us a testimonial please give it me please please can you do it can you do it and kept on and on when i don't want to put my name to that 
Well, you can see I keep hammering at the partnership because my goal in this whole thing is to totally eliminate that word from those first emails ever again. So I, I keep bringing this up because I'm going to keep pushing this. I'm going to pop over to a question that Elliot had, and this might be something, um, Jody, I'm not sure if you have some um, comment on it, but this might be something that, because I think it addresses a little bit what Michael said uh, what do speakers think about micro plugins doing small things really well versus SaaS plugins doing a lot of things that might not be needed? I know you touched on that a bit in that, but just maybe to reiterate that a little bit from both your perspectives. Yeah. So uh, as an agency, we don't want to reinvent the wheel. If there's a really great product out there and it's going to save our clients time and money, that, that's a beautiful thing. Um, but again, it's kind of like know your market. So at, at our level, we have SMB clients and we have enterprise level clients. Does a micro plugin make sense for us to use on an enterprise level client? Or is it simpler for us to kind of incorporate that into the theme or maybe write the plugin itself, especially if we're on a retainer with them? You know, I, I don't know those answers. It may or may not. But on an SMB client, maybe that that's a really effective way to make the most use of their budget and time for a particular project. Then that would be great. I'm always going to be open to solutions that help budget, help timeline our smart solutions and don't reinvent the wheel, right? There, that's always going to be something to consider. So it's not really, I think, the size of what you're creating or the or uh, you know how intricate it is. Sometimes there's a really beautiful things that can be found in simplicity of certain plugins, right? There's just it, it solves an issue. It's easy to install. Great, yeah, I'm all about that. So that's not it. It's about quality. It's about the problem that it's solving. Um, and it's about whether or not it's just going to benefit the end user in the long run. I mean, that's what I'm most concerned about. Um, so could a micro plugin do doing something small be something I'm very interested in? Yes, absolutely. Could a really intricate kind of SaaS system that's created be something I'm interested? Probably. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm open to all of those things for sure. How about you, Michael? Uh, start off with the Unix principle of do one thing and do one thing well. So if it does one thing and does the one thing that we need it to do, by all means, we're going to use it rather than throw the kitchen sink at it. But on the other hand, with SaaS products, it can be better that somebody else can take care of that heavy lifting, that they can do all that, and we just have the nice pretty integration that, again, does what our client wants, but we don't need to build it. We don't need to maintain it. You know, it doesn't need to be updated every three weeks. Every time they release something, it's automatically happened. So again, it's whichever's pointing at the best place for us. There is no right or wrong answer to this. We will use both when it best fits the needs of the project. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe as a developer, I learn to small micro plugins because they're just simple. You know, there's a wonderful plugin, was it WP Robot Text? It's simple. It does what we need. So I'm not going to go and use a SaaS version of it because I don't need to. Whereas the CRM systems, I don't really want to have to build my own or use a plugin on WordPress because it's taken away from the resources that could be used to sell. So I'd rather somebody else does that because it's the complicated stuff. So I think it, it just meets the needs that you want, really. Cool. All right. Well, thanks, Elliot, for those two questions here. This has been good. Uh, is there any... You know, we're, we're kind of getting close to the hour here. Is there any thoughts that you might have to just kind of close this out? Your one final piece of advice to all these um, product builders out there that will eventually listen to this show or watch this uh, repeat of this live feed. Um, start with you, Jody. Anything that you can really think of? You know, it's interesting. Earlier you said uh, you asked Michael a question about um, – you know, do when people reach out to him uh, and they don't know that he's technical or they make the, make an assumption about his technical ability, what is that like, right? The same goes for anybody like myself in business development, marketing folks you're reaching out to. It doesn't matter. Don't make assumption about anyone's level of their technical expertise or what they know about tech in general. That's when you're approaching someone, again, it's just about being courteous about how you approach them. There's People that have reached out to me that assume that I have just no technical knowledge. And I love those conversations because um, I'm not an engineer and I'm not going to pretend to be, but I certainly know enough to be able to talk about it. That's 
my job, right? So when I'm speaking with somebody, I want to talk in a way that um, demonstrates what um, I, you know I know about my clients technically, but also what I know from just a, a regular business development perspective. So I always think of myself as a translator between clients and tech. And so that's how I love when people kind of approach me as somebody that kind of can kind of go both ways. But it's not just me. It's about anybody you're reaching out to. Just don't make assumptions about what they do or what they know or what they can do. Be courteous and thoughtful in the way that you approach them and take the time to do a little bit of research to do it correctly. And, you know, if you kind of just are persistent a little bit in a very kind way, you will get some kind of response. It might be no, but you'll get a response. <laughs> How about you, Michael? Wasn't that supposed to be, if you get a response from me, you've done half your battle, even if it is a no, mm-hmm. you know, that's it. And I think also not to put people off. Oh, it's bad. Don't reach. I don't do anything. There are white, do it in a certain manner, you know, like go back to our initial points is do the research, you know, maybe read up on some sales books, some guys to sell in things like that, that lets you then do the personalization. Cause we all we want to buy from friends. We want to buy from somebody that we know, that we trust. So rather than trying to sell your product, just build a friendship with people, mm-hmm. you know, get to know these people. You know, the best time is talk to somebody, but don't talk about work. You know, comment on something on Twitter that they've, you know, the fact that their sports teams won or there's a cute picture of the dog. Build those up and then you'll get to know the names and you'll be knowing that person. And then when you come to it, that you have got the hard sell question is, oh, would you look at this? You've broken down all those barriers because all we do at first is go, no, 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 because my time's important. But you get from my friends, yeah, I'll do that for you. The old age is low. Somebody comes, can you build me a website? Do If I know you, if you're family, if you're friends, yeah, I'll sort you out, don't worry. <laughs> Even though I've got no time, I've got no capacity, you yeah. do it because there's a personal relationship there. Yeah, cool. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wrap this up in the, the wrong way and the right way. The wrong way would be, so if anybody wants to build a partnership with you, wants you to become an affiliate, or wants you to sit down for a demo tomorrow, where's the best place to contact you? Or the right way, if anybody wants to connect with you, where's the best place for a Jody? <laughs> uh, you know what? You can reach me on Twitter. It's Jody underscore Fiorenza. Or you can email me, Jody, J-O-D-I-E, at webdevstudios.com. Um, either one of those ways, that's the best way. Uh, I don't check LinkedIn enough. I would tell you there, but I'm just going to be honest that I get a thousand LinkedIn messages a week and 99% of them are spam. And so I have to clean that up at some point. So email or Twitter is best. <laughs> Great. How about you, Michael? Yeah, uh, I'm on most social media platforms or mike at vatu.co.uk if you do want to reach out to me via email. Join the meetup that I'm attending. Come and speak to me, you know, you get involved in the community and then that is a way that you get to talk to me. We ask questions, we all answer them, things like that. Just build that relationship up. Yeah. Okay, cool. And connect with these two because they know a lot more than me. And and yeah, like I said, um, you know, don't don't mention the word partnership when you first meet with them because that that's that's a no no. We're gonna leave that one out. So thanks everyone for joining us. And if you want to subscribe, you know, you can do it here on YouTube or you can just go to do the slash subscribe and you can find this just about everywhere else. So, again, thank you both for joining me. Thanks, Bob. Thank, thank you. you.